0: Ciao. Ciao! You can name your own price. We'll give you a million dollars down here and now. Listen, you can have a million down from each one of us, if you like.
1: I've
2: told you that money doesn't mean a damn thing to me. God, I've come here to rest. Each one of us has in his pocket a check for a million
0: dollars. Swiss bank, made out to cash. And you can cash them any time
3: you like. Three million dollars, Farrell just not interested in money.
0: Be practical for once. If you don't sell, it means you won't
2: get anything for all those years you spent. We've been through this before. That doesn't matter to me. Please try to understand. My best friend was killed because of these experiments. I know, but that has nothing
0: to do with your formula. But what about my conscience? (laughs) Your conscience, that's
2: a laugh. You want your name in the history books? Huh? It'll be there. The discovery's yours. Do you want me to throw in my wife, too? <laughs> That's enough!
0: He's got a mind of his own, I'm afraid. And you don't know
3: how stubborn it is. I married him
0: for it. Yeah, I know. He's also a very great scientist, but I'm not one to give up. There's too many interests involved. I want that formula at any price. Let's make a deal now. I want to be able to say that for once in my life, I
2: worked for humanity industrialists can afford its noble gestures we sell things we just don't get sentimental he doesn't sell he gives he's going to announce at the chemist convention in geneva next monday
0: Look, oh. you better not do anything rash because you might find that the three of us can be very stubborn so what was i telling you
2: that i'm a dirty whore that's why i'm taking a shower at least now i'll be a clean whore oh and then you asked how i could have gone to bed with a houseboy i mean to say one does have to do something for the working classes don't you think so
0: Anyway,
2: that's
0: more or less what you were saying, dear. So... I'll listen if you want to go on. See, I don't care if he was a houseboy. It just boils down to a matter of good taste, that's all. My Charles, when there were a lot of better choices around I'm not a jealous type.
3: I don't even know what you're saying.
0: You threw yourself away in a houseboy.
1: Don't be ridiculous. I just liked him, that's all. If you want to know what wife, I think.
0: Wife, I don't ask you to think. Just to do a little
1: something. So what the hell do you expect me to do? A wife should help her husband. In this case, how?
0: Well, what you did with the houseboy could be of help in convincing the professor.
1: And now tell me who's the dirty whore, you bastard.
3: If that's your idea of what I should do to help you,
1: you can count on it. I can help you even more than you think.
0: You killed him, didn't you?
1: I can't figure out whether you're dangerous or
3: just stupid. You forget, I like men, but I like them to be alive. Hey, don't hang up. Hello, chow, chow, the all-jello show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris. want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them.
1: ta
2: <imitation>
3: Welcome to episode 16. That's right, right? We just fucking went over this. Right, yeah.
2: That was was kind of a spooky intro you just gave there.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's just um, when we are smack dab in between a couple of Edwiges, I can't really (laughs) do a little little spooky get a little spooky i get a little vibrato in the the back of the throttle and in the grotto in the grotto in her grotto damn it okay. it already started jesus christ i was just you talking. promised i uh, well I don't, I don't know if a promise was there there was <laughs> there was talk of trying <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so welcome Sorry, to I episode like. what uh, 16 of jello chow chow this is uh we're, we're doing a Five Dolls for an August Moon tonight, and um, I get worried when I lead a show because I get really excited if I get really geeked out about the movie. Um, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you could go back and listen to the Case of the Bloody Iris episode and um, listen to that train completely come off the rails and go crashing down the side of a cliff. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> I'm so. just
2: glad Chris was there to help me out on that one.
0: Oh, yeah, that was yeah, your we, first, right? That was our first, yeah. And, and and so just to make matters worse, we had at least a, a good 20 minutes or so talking about my website and everything before the, the long and, and, and arduous task of going over that film, which we actually did scene by scene, right? Yeah. And seriously... Was that like a 12-hour episode? I forget.
3: It it almost was. But if there was ever a movie that I would want to do scene by scene, it would be this damn monstrosity. But we're not going to do that. (laughs) Because we don't have the time and I don't have the space on my computer to hold that file. So, um, so yeah. um, What are you trying
2: to say? Too many Edwidge pictures?
3: Well, that and then the giant file. Of this show recording, dude, I have oh. some filthy pictures of her. If anyone, but they're very tasteful. If anyone was curious, <laughs> <laughs> <It's tasty. laughs> filthy but tasteful. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. So that's the perfect description of her. Yeah, and I'm gonna try. I this sucks because what I really like to do is I like to have the movie playing in the background when. We're talking about it, but this movie is one of those movies that I don't know if it's just all the bright colors, but it totally draws my attention away. So I'm kind of looking away from it and I can see it out of the corner of my eye. I'm Creep Creeperson and <laughs> this is the show. <laughs> and um, how's it going, guys? <laughs> this is going to sound like it's edited so bad, but that really has well. happened. You're doing well. That's good. Yeah. That's nice.
2: Um, Actually, I, I got a little bit of a story for you, creep. I can't wait. Um, so, have you guys heard of this this KFC scandal? I just got done reading about this.
3: About the little girl who got kicked out and then really didn't get kicked out or something. Well,
2: you could have given a spoiler alert, oh, but yeah,
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> that's the story in a nutshell. But. For, for anyone who hasn't heard about this for some reason, yeah, it's this, this girl who's kind of all disfigured from a, like a pit bull attack or something like that. And uh, mother was trying to raise some money, so she wasn't having a, very much luck with it. So she came up with this scam to get KFC to donate, which I think they donated like hundreds of thousands of dollars to her because she claimed that a, a restaurant employee kicked them out because the daughter's face was disturbing the other guests. And um, what a the entire time, all I could think about was creep. And uh, you being lucky that... Because I think yeah. all, all they, they had to do was hire a private investigator to basically look on Facebook. And uh, if they had had Facebook back when you were going to Denny's, you might not have gotten some of those free meals.
3: So it's coming back to that.
2: What? <laughs> I don't know um, if it was sure. this show or your Friday the 13th <laughs> show. I talked about that on, but... Oh my god, we like did, a... huh? You little scam artist. Oh my gosh,
3: yeah. I don't think we <laughs> talked about it. I think it was on the Friday the 13th show, uh, which I'll eventually put up. Things got a little out of control last week, and so I didn't get to put it up yet. But um, I was told that I might want to edit some bits out of it, because um, I said some things that were extremely filthy, offensive, and personal so um yeah so there was uh, me i know yeah it was really hurtful <laughs> what you said about me <laughs> so um yeah so yeah that that all happened um it, what else is going on guys the only reason why people listen to the show is because they want to know what happened in our lives since
0: we did the last episode last week oh, although it wasn't yeah. a week ago
3: was it a week ago or two weeks ago
0: no, it was two, but we always okay. say, what did, what did you do this week? Yeah, well, because we don't care about that middle week. It's the week <laughs>
2: coming up. Obviously, <laughs> I've just been reading news stories, and that's it. So, Did you Little. read about the guy who bit that dude's face or whatever? No. Is this part of the, the bath salts thing again? Is no, some soccer
3: player bit some oh. Italian guy, and I just thought it was funny because we were talking about yeah. soccer. Yeah, or talk about that footy, later. yeah. For those of you across the pond. A uh-huh. little footy action going footy on. Footy action, like the pine <laughs> guy in Black Belly of the Tarantula.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Yep, World Cup, baby. <clears throat> All right, so, Chris, what's going on?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I Listen, I never... I, I, I can't uh, un, over-appreciate being introduced with a raspberry um anyway <laughs> uh nothing really Let, let's see it's summertime my kids are out of school and and uh it's craziness over here uh, um i'm very excited about the um upcoming screening of cannibal holocaust uh in philadelphia by exhumed films i will definitely be going i went to see it um the first time they screened it at a different theater it was about 13 years ago, um, so it, it's really weird to go and socialize with people who all want to go and see this film, you know, in the theater because we are all obviously deranged lunatics, and there's, you know, it's it's not you're, we're not talking about like a kind of tongue in cheek, a little bit of a slapstick, you know, horror film. We're talking about Nasty! I should. This film, which is it, the more you watch it, the more you realize how amazingly genius uh, it was, and how it was filmed to make it. You know, and, yeah. and if you if you read the backstory about it when it first came out, they thought it was real, and they had to pull the actors out of hiding so that the director wasn't going to get arrested for murder. They they, they brought all the got all the people who started the film, because they had some kind of contract that said, in order to go along with this gimmick. You, you, once the movie comes out, you guys have to go into hiding, so it really feels as if it was a, a real documentary. And uh, I forget, what, I, I don't know how to pronounce the, the guy's name, Ruggiero Diodato, Diodato, I think. Diodato. Diodato, yeah. So um, it's just a, a amazing filmmaking. I mean, certainly not anything that's nice or anything you want to share with, with really anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and especially anyone like, you know, close friend or, Hey, come see this
3: awesome movie But, uh, but seriously, completely... I, I listen to that score almost every day
0: Yeah, it's great The score beautiful. is beautiful and Especially the scenes where it's kind of like um, A really kind of melodic and In a major key Kind of oh, da, 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 That part like, it Just the oh. crazy. Cannibal stuff going on, uh, just the, the, the outrageous violence going on the screen juxtaposed with that with that music is this part the of the show, I will put
3: that main theme in so people know what we're talking about in the background. And that way you can end mm-hmm. it out my rendition, too. Absolutely. No, no. I'm, I'm going to try to get auto tune to make you sound like Cher, damn it. Oh, okay. throw some auto tune in. that great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can. Okay. Are you <laughs> gonna put that
1: underneath I'll
2: stop.
3: I'm gonna put a bunch of stuff underneath you. you. Better take that down, buddy. Is that <clears throat> huh? oh. what I Huh? What? Are you what threatening me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So apparently, <clears throat> um, okay. Just so you guys know, I haven't really slept in a day. <laughs> I uh, I wrote. Like fifteen thousand words in the last like twenty four hours, and I finished the last episode of the second season of Black Star Canyon, and I'm just like completely like out of my wits right now. And um, I was up super super late, and then I went to sleep thinking I was going to be able to get some sleep, and then summer and being a dad hit me in the face. And um, that didn't happen because breakfast needed to be made.
1: Mm. And
3: far be it from me to think an 11-year-old can pour a bowl of cereal, but apparently that's out of the question. So, um, which is fine. I just um, sleep is not something I am aware of at the moment. Now, I'm on. I'm on. I'm time. drinking a lot of coffee. So. Okay. Uh, and we're and we're featuring your film oh my god this is going (laughs) to be one of those shows
2: guys (laughs) strap Um, in
3: strap yourself in definitely and i'm right now watching um the dance number at the beginning with her amazing hair gosh i just want to rub that hair all over myself
2: damn it can't you just close your eyes and pretend your beard is that
3: hair Dude, that's like 12 of my beards, and it's all up in weird spots. Her hair has so much hairspray in it, if you tried to run your fingers through it, your hand would get stuck on the first knuckle and she would scream. And you'd get stuck. It'd be like a Chinese finger trap. It was so <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> oh my god, I absolutely love that. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, so anyway, um, yeah... Um, Just on a side Jallowy note, um, in just a couple weeks here, probably by the time we do the next show, um, yes, actually the day we do the next show is when I'm starting um, the second Shallow Jallow book, uh, Relapse of the Crystal Pubis, which is basically like, you know how in Bird with Crystal Plumage the plane takes off? And they kind of allude to the fact, spoiler alert, that maybe um, fucking, what's her name? Are you fucking kidding me? Susie Kendall might fucking go baddie by the time yeah. they land. This takes place in LA after they land. So it's a weird, shallow kind of thing because it takes place in Los Angeles. But um, it and sets it's still
2: up, got the crystal pubis.
3: Yeah it's the relapse of the crystal pubis but there'll be a lot of characters from the first book coming back and um it sets up a lot of stuff for what i'm gonna do with the series after this book so i'm very excited about it very nice
2: yeah. i'm excited for it and that I don't comes know out I...
3: august 10th by the way Ooh, okay. in case anyone wants to mark it on their calendar like some psychopath is, yeah. is it going to be on an August moon? <clears throat> scope, is it? I August. guess it, can, it could be. I mean, the moon comes yeah. out in August, right? Yeah. It doesn't it's say how night. full it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, dude. This is so amazing. All right. So, um, with all that fun <laughs> stuff, um, Chris, do you want to just like let us know what day Cannibal Holocaust is playing? For those of oh, sure. us in yeah, the absolutely. Philly area.
0: And, and which one of you would be in the Philly area? Let's see. You,
3: but like, there's people who listen to the show besides <laughs> the three of us. I think.
0: No, gotcha. so <laughs> I just had it up, and I That's thought what we the pie were charts say. It. I thought we were probably going to start talking about wrestling, so I got rid of the page. Hold on a second. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> well, if you guys want to talk is about there?
0: wrestling, next Sunday is Money in the Bank.
2: Is that taking place in Philadelphia? I don't know.
3: It's taking place in Boston. So they think either John Cena or Sheamus is going to win because they're making some sort of weird Irish stereotype. Bunch of bastards. And let me just say something real quick because I'm mad now. How dare the (laughs) WWE Network make me think Booker T is a smart man. Alex Riley needs to be fired or shut up or put in a box somewhere because if Booker (laughs) T keeps making him look stupid, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done.
2: Forward slash rant.
0: That would, that that reminded me of like all those Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, rants when he right. would just yell and and and, and smash corner. the background.
3: Like yeah. when you think you know the answers, I change the questions. That's right. <laughs> just what hey. they think they know the answers.
1: I change the questions. Hey.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Um, isolate that dude if you guys want to hear eric in rare fucking form guys you have to just even if you don't like wrestling listen to one episode of wrestling with friends just to hear eric completely break out of his shell dude he is so far removed from his shell he would then be considered a slug as opposed to a snail it is like ridiculous he is hysterical on that show so plug cheap plug no I'm not I'm not doing anything that was great you did you did your piper that was awesome <laughs> like now can you do your macho man when you took Stephanie behind the church that one day
0: <laughs> I don't think that's for children's ears Okay. <laughs> right like the rest of this podcast is <laughs> oh. yeah I just saw somebody
3: squirt some ketchup off of some boobies so
0: yeah.
3: that's what the show's so, going to be like today,
0: folks. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it is Thursday, August the seventh. Uh, it's a Thursday night, a special weeknight screening at seven p.m. Cannibal Holocaust and the Man from Deep River, the Umberto Lenzi cannibal film. Uh, I think that's the one that came before Cannibal Ferox. What's
3: when did um the didn't he do uh, Slave of the Cannibal God as well, with uh yeah I think with, uh, Andres on on was that before that or after that?
0: I'm not sure.
3: That's because that's all just like a four year period, like that whole fucking thing, right? Like all the cannibal think... films of the big cannibal boom. It was like just like this little. Jacob yeah. time so rad.
0: It didn't. La- it didn't last very long, and I think Man from Deep River is supposedly the first one. Although there was a film called Jungle Holocaust, and I forget when that one came out. And then there, of course, there's um, Cannibal Ferox, Cannibal Holocaust, and then there's this crazy film called um, Eaten Alive by the Cannibals. Yeah. Which um, which is a, a another strange one. And then of course you have the crossover. Doctor Butcher, MD, which is the cannibals and the zombies uh, coming together, banding together for double the entertainment. So it's like the Island of Doctor Moreau, but like different, completely. Yeah, much <laughs> much trash. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So yeah, if anybody's anywhere near um, the Philly area, it's the International House, which is in the um, in, in the uh, University City area. Uh, um, where University of Penn and Drexel um, and go to exhumfilms.com and there's all the info there I hope to be going it's a Thursday night so um, you already said actually, you were going to go so now you have to yeah I, I have a better chance of going on a Thursday night than I do on a Saturday because I'm already in the city for work and I just won't go home So ever again <laughs> be eaten alive. I will be eaten alive. Dun dun dun!
3: Watch him die slowly. Okay. Um. So now, in case you needed to learn about other things other than Jalo, you've learned about wrestling, Booker T, Alex Riley, and cannibal films. So um, that is sexy pants.
2: That awesome. That's the show. Excuse me. Is all of that staying in the show? Was I supposed to edit it out? (laughs) Oh, Uh.
3: No. (laughs) Editing's for people who are afraid of people hearing the things that they say when they say things that are silly. That's true. Yeah. Or awkward pauses. That's why pencils have erasers. Yeah. That's right. All right. So, um, uh, we, uh... Here's the thing. We we started trying to do this top three thing, and um, the last couple weeks, actually ever since we've been doing it, um, the top three is decided about two hours before the show starts, and we all run around like idiots, and apparently um, me and Eric have a completely different uh, topic than Chris does, so we had to switch it around and do a loop-de-loop and a little bit of slap and spread uh, to make but I've, this but work. I've, I've got my picks for your list. I, I just came up with some. So. Okay, awesome. So, Eric, this is your pick, so why don't you tell us what your top three is? Not the things, well, you but know, like what we're talking about.
2: Okay, yeah. Yeah, you guys know I like to be topical with a lot of things. That's why I brought up the KFC story.
3: When I think Eric, I and, think topical.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, not just talking about the stuff that you spread on your body yeah is that the right word i don't know you can but spread anyway.
3: stuff on the body yeah it's fine
2: <laughs>
3: oh um, but yeah whatever if you like spreading that's
2: fine Pervert. yes anyway today we're talking well you know big thing going on right now of course everyone knows and creep gave it a big raspberry but i'm going to talk about it anyway the world cup <laughs> and uh, today the day that we're recording this Um, I don't know, it's not necessarily the day you're listening to it, but it's still in the news. Uh, Italy was knocked out, and uh, not without some controversy, uh, one of the players on the Italy team was bitten on the shoulder by this uh, notorious Uruguay player.
3: Oh, Uruguay, sorry.
2: Yeah, well, you know how they grow them down there in Uruguay. Oh, dude, why do you got to go that way? Okay, keep going. Sorry to our Uruguay (laughs) listeners. But, so yeah, Italy we talk a lot about italy on this show and uh world cups going on so what i wanted to do for the top three was find three giallo superstar male actors characters whatever you want to go with and uh putting them on each of our own soccer teams to sort of avenge this loss that they had to go through today so uh yeah we're we're gonna put them back in the world cup give them another shot with uh three new players what do you guys say I think
3: this is the most amazing top three since we started top threes three weeks ago.
2: <laughs> I know this list itself is going to be controversial, but... Oh, controversial. I like to think outside the bun. That's that's a top
0: reference. Just to be clear, we're talking about
2: characters, not actors, right? Either or. Yes. Either, well, either characters. or, but I, I wrote, yeah, wrote down... Characters. I, wrote down or or that I have them in the in the films that they're in so yeah and just uh, so you know
0: none of you I can pick care. the catapult
2: you <laughs>
0: i picked wa- i picked the washing machine <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> an actor from me, the and... film the actual washing machine playing soccer <clears throat> i mean football. why can't
2: i pick the catapult
0: i'm just joking okay
2: because I did that's my <laughs> number three choice I'll just go first okay, go. <laughs> I picked like catapulta as the anchor of my team no <laughs> one's oh, gonna stop
3: oh oh my gosh that's awesome it was and funny was I was scared. I was gonna pick the catapult just because he tells us not to forget him <laughs> and um yeah but I didn't because I thought Ooh. I would get made fun of. Who the F is the catapult? <laughs> From freaking Black Billy the
2: Tarantula. Oh, uh, okay. He's like, hey, That's why.
3: don't forget the, the catapult. The
2: doofus private investigator <laughs> who can't, just can't get it right. He doesn't have a but phone. He, you
3: have to call the bar and ask for the catapult. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. He, he gets it right on know. the soccer team. That guy's awesome. I don't know if
2: he's going to be my goalie or not, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll give him a try out at least.
3: I love it. All right. Um, uh... I pick um, Fabio Testi in the blue Velvelour, um jogging outfit to be my Beckham for my team. Okay. Not because I Velvul- think he's super good. Velvule is now a real thing. I just made it up. It's like kind is of velvet, a kind of velour. Yeah.
1: Nice.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I just think. Um, uh, no one in America gives two shits about soccer unless David Beckham decided to urinate on a field somewhere where there was a soccer ball. So um, I feel like I need something like that for star my power. team. Yeah, some star power. Yeah. So I need him um, rolling around with the ball to get uh, the ladies to come out. Yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> my... He, he's going to be my... Uh, my flanker. I don't. I can't remember positions. I haven't played soccer in a really long time, but um, maybe my forward. my forward.
1: Eh,
3: no, he doesn't seem like he wants to run around. He's just the guy, guy that kind of just stands there and things happen around him.
2: <clears throat> Position.
3: Yeah. I don't. Know. So that'll be that guy. What about you, Chris?
0: I, I hate this top five. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and it's not even a top five. It's a top three. So I picked, I picked my top three characters to play soccer. I, I didn't decide who, they, who I wanted them to emulate or what positions I wanted them to play because I have no effing clue what any of that stuff means. So first of all, uh, all right, I'll start at the, at the bottom, at, at the number three pick. And my number three pick <clears throat> for my Italian soccer team is Don Alberto from uh, Don't Torture a Duckling, The Priest who taught all the kids how to play soccer and that makes uh, sense that's why i picked him
2: that's that's actually some insightful thought you got going on in there
0: (laughs) it doesn't doesn't do much for me but yes okay
2: for for having five minutes to prepare
0: yeah that's that's a really solid pick
3: good job dude thanks thanks god
2: next is the coach the, the basketball coach from uh what was that one we just watched damn it who saw her die yes <coughs> is this that, your
3: pick was
0: basketball? Basketball. that was basketball. no okay
3: oh, so, yeah. so what's your, going what coaches.
0: your
2: number two <clears throat> uh, my number two is cameron mitchell's character can't remember his name from blood and black lace uh he's kind of like what you were saying with the david beckham character the uh but he's he's a little more sinister, and he's gonna he's gonna do the biting on the field, when the ref's not looking. He'll be biting and yanking on things, and just being a, nice. kind of a dirty player on the team. So but he's he, gonna get things done.
3: He, he's the one that is Uruguay. Yes.
2: yes, except he'll be on Italy this time.
3: Yes, that's awesome. Yep. Well, um, I picked a coach for my my number two because I felt like my team needed some leadership and some style and some awesomeness so um, I went with uh, no white after Labor Day from uh, <laughs> nice. <Very> nice.
2: <laughs> they don't play soccer <clears throat> on Labor Day
3: well I just I, I feel like if anyone could walk up and down the side of a field and look important yeah it would be him in that outfit with the scarf Getting passionate, he I could just see him like throwing his hands up and like oh yeah. But I could also see him being really good at setting up press conferences and getting the players' um, sponsorship deals to boost the <laughs> the whole idea that there is a great team in Italy. So that that's my pick for number two. Chris, you're up again.
0: Oh great. Thought of one. So number two I had uh Roberto Tobias from Four Flies on Great Velvet, and simply because there's a scene where he was dribbling a soccer ball when the other guy was uh when the guy in the black glasses was following. Him. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again Chris goes Again with the perfect sense.
3: See, it's funny because I was going to try to just have all my picks be the kids from the fifth board that um, Franco (laughs) Nero and the guy with the neck brace walk by. I'm like, that's a whole fucking soccer team right there, and they're kids, so they'll be able to play for donkey's years. This will be great. I won't have to do anything, but yeah. All right.
2: I'm glad you brought up Franco Nero because he's going to be on my team, my number one pick, Andrea. From the fifth chord. Jeez. He's, he's the enforcer of the team. <laughs> no one gets by him. Is he running around with a bottle of J&B hanging out of his mouth? At all times, yes. Smashing it over other players' heads. That is awesome. Sorry, I'm, I'm now back in professional wrestling mindset. No, I, yes. I would like to see your team play.
3: <clears throat> in fact, <laughs> I want your enforcer to go up against my enforcer. Uh oh I'm picking Freaking Carlo From fucking Strip Nude For Your Killer But In my Funny world He has to wear Those awesome That awesome Little bathing suit That's like Green and pink (laughs) Plaid That he had on In the sauna And that'll be Like his thing Like he just Wears that. He doesn't wear A soccer uniform He just wears that And people have to Be okay with it And he's even Barefoot He doesn't give a shit Okay, but he is so badass that he could be the villain and the hero still get the girl and the last joke of a movie that he's (laughs) going to basically win every fucking top three we have unless there is a ban on Carlo
2: which probably
3: should happen here very soon
2: he's been in a couple hasn't he all of yours
3: every time I try to put strip nude for your killer into something i will do that because that's just the kind of guy i am
2: because you would try to put strip nude for your killer in things just as much as he tries to put other things inside of butts Yep. (laughs) that was a long long (laughs) round that was
3: a good segue into butt sex that was awesome good job anyway chris what's your number one
0: Uh, well my number one was uh, already taken My uh, Enrico Rossini the gym teacher from What Have You Done to Solange is my number one soccer pick Uh, um, that considering he's been taken already I think my backup would have been uh, the really bony guy who played the dad on Who Saw Her Die who was a James Bond uh, character simply because he he just looks like he could play soccer. But he can he He's good at ping pong. So
2: your whole formula just fell apart here at the yeah,
0: end. I know.
2: <clears throat> wow. That's okay. He's so he, basically he might have to shave that mustache to be a little more aerodynamic. Well,
3: but, I was you know. gonna tell Chris that if he wanted to take Fabio on trade, you know, or okay, like well, no. if he wanted to borrow him for a game or two here and there. I have no problem with it, because according to this universe that Eric created, all of us are making the World Cup team for Italy. So uh, <laughs> technically, we're all on the same team. So yeah, I guess this uh, whole thing just blew up in my face. That's what she said.
2: And um, I really well, on think... reserve on reserve. We should keep the uh, the big guy from strip nude in his in his uh, underpants. If we're going to have Absolutely. people wearing whatever they want to wear.
0: I agree
3: oh the guy with the blow up doll yes Yeah. I just think everyone should watch that movie at least four times a year and really appreciate it because I don't want to be the only one who does that
2: I gotta cram it in three more times this year huh? or did we watch it last year so I gotta watch it four times
1: (laughs) 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 okay
3: jeez man I'm really sorry guys oh
0: so uh, everybody gotta, out there in pod, everybody out there in podcast land if you uh my my pick for top three was going to be top three the edwidge outfits so if you really liked um eric's top three soccer players um let us know and if you'd rather talk about <laughs> that, edwidge's outfits, on let the let next
3: episode we will do top three edwidge outfits because i was yeah. already like almost done with my list and then the shit got topical and I like being well,
2: topical. We got to save Edwidge for some other things because apparently we're cramming her into a lot of films in a row here. Oh so. my gosh, that's what
3: I wish. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, w- we're gonna have to start doing um, her awesome gotta... sex comedies.
2: <laughs> that's right. We're running out of material. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta you know, spread this stuff out. Damn, I said spread again. I know. <laughs> you either want you a better... sandwich
3: or you're super horny.
2: But either way, you better class things up before we get to Mario Baba.
3: Oh yeah, I have some shit to say, dude. Let me tell you what. <laughs> so, um, for those of you interested in getting drunk, now would be the time to open your bottles. Too late. It's too late. You know what's crazy? I have. I try to only have one glass every time we do the show. Um, and I try to make the glass a small one because I'm drinking coffee at the same time and I don't want to get arrested halfway through the program. But, um, since we've been doing this show, I have drank a fifth and two regular size J and B bottles. That's how many episodes we've done. That what meant Kid now. getting into those. <clears throat> no, I, um, made her drink scotch. No, I'm just kidding. I put it up hot. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Honestly, no kid I mean most of the adults I know won't even drink the fucking alcohol I have. Sure. In house. They put it on their mouth and they go, Ew, that's nasty. And I say, Yeah. Oh good lord. Okay, so um yeah. I guess now would be the time we uh, get into it, huh? Let's so get into it. Um since I still haven't been able to find a decent trailer for this movie, <clears throat> should we just go into it so we don't have to think, play the
2: song that I'm gonna play underneath here anyway? I think you and Chris should reenact the scene from Five Dollar <clears> in <throat> August Moon.
3: Okay, right now I'm dancing, and Chris <laughs> is zooming in on me up and down, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm tapping on the uh, on the counter as you dance. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And I'm gonna that's... go make myself a clean whore because you think I'm a dirty whore.
2: <laughs> I guess that'll work for my scene. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. Yeah, you like
0: you you like your men alive.
2: Oh my god! Oh, I know what I was
0: gonna. I know what I was gonna say. Um, I forgot to, to come in with my the, my favorite line of the film, which is, "House boys come and go, but there's always a bottle." That's my favorite line from the film.
3: That's right sure. before he washes his hands with the scotch, right? With, with the scotch, dude. <laughs> Something <clears throat> dirty about death. This movie. <laughs> Uh, okay, for some reason, <clears throat> I guess we're starting. We're gonna talk about fucking Mario Bava's Five Dollars for an August Moon.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so for some reason, this movie is like really—I don't want to say frowned upon, but um, it's kind of looked down upon, especially from Bava fans, and I really don't get it.
2: Well, it kind of I- started from Bava, didn't it? Then there are stories that he really did not want to do this film and everything about it he resented uh, and he kind of was mocking it as he was doing it
3: you know what there is a lot of that now but honestly when you look at the timelines of things that he has said and even there's things that he said that don't make sense time-wise with other things that he said and then other things that the actors who worked on the movie said, like, I think this is one of those things where there's more, like, legend and folklore about shit that happens than actual truth out there, if that makes any sense. And we could talk all about that. Basically, what this movie is about, um, it's about uh, a bunch of fuckers go to this awesome fucking house on an island and it's like three industrialists and their sexy ass wives and this weird hippie scientist and his creepy wife and they all try to get this uh formula from him because he has this new industrial strength resin that's going to just change the world and so they're offering him ridiculous amounts of money And they're kind of trapped on the island waiting for the boat to come get them. And as this is going on, they start dropping off one by one. Um, It is.
2: Basically, 10 little Indians.
3: Yes. Right? 10 little Indians, slash, and then there were none, slash, Friday the 13th. Slash, Bay Bay of of Blood. blood. Yeah. Same year. Yeah. Same year? Yeah. This is 70, right? Oh, no, this is 69, I think.
2: It was shot. Maybe released in 70, yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, But yeah, so um, we could kind of open up the floor about it now. Eric, do you want to take first dibs
2: at it? I'd like to open up the floor, but I'd more importantly like to open up the spinning bed. So why don't we all climb on and just relax and talk about the film while we spin around here.
3: (laughs) Just know that once I get on there, it's going to slow down a little bit. (laughs)
2: yeah anyway uh yeah I totally dug this movie I don't know if we're getting into feelings on it already but I think it's kind of hard not to it's it's yeah like you said it's it's got this bad rap to it and and going into it all I heard about was how Balva hated making every minute of it but I don't see that in this film when I watch it I see you know A lot of love I don't know if that's the right word for it but you know from the stuff that he had control over obviously he didn't have control over the script and I heard he didn't he wasn't able to have any word in the casting of it although we get to see Edwidge and one of his favorites you know in this film so I don't know about that but um, I just I thought there was a lot of uh, careful attention paid to this film and then there was a lot of dark humor in it too, that which I think, if there was spots when Bava was trying to get a dig at the producers or something like that, um, like the way I don't, I don't know if this is how it went into the editing room, but the way that he shot the, as the bodies kept piling up, they they kept showing them uh, inside this uh this freezer, as they were hanging them up and just close-ups of each one of the faces, kind of gruesome, but it was also kind of. Comical. I don't know if that's morbid yeah. of me to say, but <clears throat> with the kind of goofy Herschel Gordon Lewis organ music playing throughout, uh, the discordant piano kind of uh, theme that's going throughout the, the film. So, but yeah, just visually enjoying. Um, I love the house on the cliff. Oh my God. Even though it was obviously. Kind of a model home, but it was awesome. I want, I want to just, I don't want to live there, but I want a vacation there. Cause I'm scared that it would fall into the ocean at one point. But
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, it's pretty close the, to the, the edge. colors. Yeah, is we said it's like around 6970, but it's I thought it was very stylistically different.
3: Oh my god, totally.
2: Another, just the the very like hippy dippy groovy colors and and just the yeah and I think another criticism that people have is that it's really a convoluted plot to follow and we kind of have that criticism with some of the other films we've covered but I actually had a good time and I didn't feel like I got confused following the different characters in this one I think each actor developed their character in the very little time that they have I think this film is under 80 minutes even well the one I watched anyway but yeah I don't know. There's lots of shots we could, I could zone in on but I think you guys probably want to talk about those too so I won't monopolize this anymore.
0: What do you think, Chris? I think you should monopolize it some more. It's a <laughs> very, very good uh, uh, analysis. No, I um, I love the movie. I love watching it. I, I could watch it with the sound off although that actually leads me to my first point um, which is You know, we always talk about how great the jolly soundtracks are. Oh my god. Um, There's something about this one and and I have to say that two of the most pleasing musical genres to my ears specifically are um, Hammond B three organ jazz and Bossa Nova. And honestly, you have both of those in this soundtrack. So I could listen to this soundtrack day like all day long and never get tired of it because it's it's so much fun to listen to um but uh yeah but visually I, i think that uh you know i've i've seen the film a few times and you know there's so much going on i i do know i i did remember reading something about the fact that the house the exterior shot of the house was actually just a model, right? It's a yeah.
3: it's a glass mat painting that Bava actually painted himself.
0: Right. Okay. I remember reading about that, and um, but it it looks great. I mean, it's <clears throat> it looks like it's there. So, um, it just there's just a, some some interesting things in the film that um, that I really enjoy. Um, you know, specifically that scene where all of the all the glass balls oh. go down the spiral staircase. And then I think they um, they all end up in the bathtub where the body is, where the corpse yeah. is. Now, so gorgeous. Um, did anybody find that that was kind of like very, very reminiscent of that scene in Suspiria where um, Susie Kendall knocks over something in the witch's room and all the marbles or all the balls go rolling over. That's to at the, the end when she sees the... Like the outlines, oh, which yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I wonder if, if you know Argento did that as an homage, or if it was just kind of like, hey, I want to do marble. I like marbles.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's something um, about
0: marbles. Yeah, there is something about marbles. Well, it's true.
3: Um, his marbles bigger than Bava's marbles.
0: That could have been a. I think so. I think so. But um, oh I, I think it, I think the camera was like a macro. Uh, kind of a close up so who knows it may have been out of proportion to what would be you know what, what we what, what we know of the size because I think the, the shot in the in the five dolls was like a, an overhead shot you know looking down aerial view but um it, it brings Crap, me I to you... oh
2: go yeah, ahead guys, go they're ahead. talking about their uh, the director's intestinal fortitude there. <laughs> testicular fortitude yeah well,
1: testicular fortitude <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, you're talking about mar- whose marbles were being were bigger.
0: Yeah.
2: All so I got there, right? I got thrown off for a couple minutes. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Keep keep going.
0: No, I was going to say um in you know, in watching this for the how, whatever time this was, I I started thinking about how we regard, you know, we when I say we, I mean the collective um, group of people who enjoy watching Italian film, Italian horror and giallo. <clears throat> How we kind of, and I don't know if you guys do this too, but I, I kind of, from a visual standpoint, um, I always put Baba and Argento kind of like at an upper echelon compared to all the rest of the directors that come out of um, that, that that come out of, of this genre in this time period. But um, it seems as if, and every time I watch another Baba film, it, it just reinforces it for me. But it seems as if there's. Really, nobody that can compose scenes and camera shots as well as Baba, at least for this particular type of of filmmaking. Um, I'm sure there are better better. Um, if Baba were going to do a spaghetti western, I don't know if he'd be the first person you'd think of to do that. But you know, you look at the, the way that <clears throat> he uses colors in in this film and in Blood and Black Lace, and even in um, you know, there's something about bava's camera that almost makes everything look like it's in 3d and i don't know what it is that he's doing like there's a couple of scenes in five uh, five dolls where you know the one guy's like laying on the the couch and then the other two couples are laying on another couch and the camera kind of it makes this movement that's not just kind of panning out or zooming out it, it kind of floats and it I can't describe it. There's something that sc-
3: shot right there was like a, just a handheld shot with a super wide lens on it. No, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Um, he, uh, <clears throat> this movie in particular, and you can see it kind of in like um, Bay of Blood and Hatch for the Honeymoon, but this, I'm really curious to find out how many days it took to shoot this movie because the setups, if you watch, um, they're, aren't like a whole lot of cuts everything is on a dolly or a zoom and the camera's constantly moving and he's able to get all of this stuff without and I mean I don't know how many takes he took of each thing but typically you do that because you don't have a lot of time to compose shots because you don't have enough money in the budget to shoot for days on end. So it's usually used as like a tool to make something on the cheap. But he does such an amazing job on this movie with it. And I know that he composes most of his shots always and tells the camera people exactly what he wants and how he wants the thing to go. But um, one thing I didn't realize until today when I was kind of researching this more was that this is the only film that he edited. Oh, wow. So for someone... that's another reason why I'm really skeptical on this whole how much he hated it. Because I don't right. know why he would have taken the time to edit the film if he didn't like it. And, um, right. and we can talk more about that later. But... Um, <clears throat> But, um, no, I mean, I agree with you 100%. Like, the camera is always moving. And if the camera isn't moving, the lens is always moving. But the colors are just so vivid and bright um, that it it's just its very engaging.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, and Baba seems to be um, really well-versed with this whole idea of um, he kind of he does a zoom and a blur at the same time. And then when the focus comes back, he's focused on something else. Mm-hmm. Like that one, that shot of the, um, of the professor and, and he's the out on the beach. And they, then they go to the gun and then they go to the girl and then they go back to the gun. And uh, yeah. Yeah, those, those shots are just so well done. It's just unbelievable. That's
3: hard to fucking do too. That's not like – like racking focus like that, that's not like a quick – Thing to that's that's
0: tricky shit. Yeah, I can't even imagine. It just it looks so it looks so cool. And um, were, were you would you guys say because I'm still I'm still learning this, the terminology, but um, there's there's a bunch of scenes where they're out on the beach and are those considered day for night shots yeah. when it's when it looks like it's dark? Yeah. I don't know. I always. I always watch those and I think, uh, it's really early in the morning and the sun's just coming up. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I always feel about it, I don't know why. Or shit turned blue.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, like dusk. Even though you have to remind yourself, oh wait, it's like midnight. Right. Pitch black. But yeah. Another way
3: you could tell is um, the shadows. Like, if the shadows are like very prominent it's probably yeah. not nighttime probably
2: not yeah unless that august moon is really bright <clears throat>
3: yeah i mean you still need lights and all that but yeah you could see the back of the ocean right there yeah looks like the fucking truman show i'm watching right now okay <clears throat> <laughs> yeah so um i don't know do you want me to kind of jump in a little bit too sure Um, yeah this is your movie man I'm so excited no seriously like more than anything this movie is so fucking gorgeous like I I have probably have watched this movie more than any other movie even more than Strip Nude just because of how amazing the sets are the wardrobes the colors like everything about this i just really like a whole lot um but the thing that like i like it to the point where i want to build a house that looks like this on the inside like within 10 years i'm gonna have that living room with that fucking spiral staircase i will have it and it will be mine And I will enjoy it a great (laughs) deal.
2: And you'll invite Chris and I over to get our formula. As long as Chris brings the fucking hibachi. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, And the 10 bottles of J&B.
3: Oh, yeah. And I mean, okay, so here's the deal. Like, I have... Okay, let me just say this because the scene's on right now. Um, You know the guy that looks like Elton John? Um, What's his name? Jack? Like he wears like the big glasses and the belts and the the buff model guy, you know, like tiny dancer. Come on, anybody?
0: I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember which guy looks like. He's Gelt the guy John. They, when they all um, look
3: like Elton John. When um, he's the guy who smokes the cigarette off of the girl's toes, and he gets up and he looks like He-Man, Ooh. and he has on those like little camo. Is that, of is that Jack? Jack?
0: Yeah. He reminds me of the guy who's um, the the boy toy in Cat of Ninetales. I don't know if it's the same actor. I but think you know the. Uh, um, oh, shit, is it? I you know just saw him Ron? in something else. Yeah. I think you are correct on that. that. That's why I. Well, maybe I should make the connection to Elton John as well, but that's that's the connection I've made. Um, when I see him, I remember dude, him just from Canada. When, when yeah.
3: they find the sailor the the boat boy's body on the beach and the paint set is all fucking knocked over on the sand, he walks out in his fucking Elton John glasses and his fucking it just <laughs> looks fucking ridiculous. I just want him to start singing. I'm like, Oh do you get a piano out there now. This is a perfect time. Baby. Candle in the wind, right now. Do it. Damn. All right. <clears throat> no, but seriously. Um. So I have been... Um, today, in fact, I listened to the Tim Lucas uh, audio commentary. Have you guys heard that? Oh, cool. No, I haven't. Okay. Like. No, not yet. No. It's really good, but the thing that is troubling to me, I guess, is that he's talking about how Baba had... He first heard about the movie and didn't like the script and was going to pass on it and said, unless you give me a fat check, I'm not going to do this. And then months go by and then he gets a call to come in on Saturday um, to pick up the check and sign the contract. So he goes and he picks up the the check and they're like, "Okay, you start shooting on Monday. That's what Baba said. Okay. now, if that is true all of this stuff that like, um, people have been saying, like, oh, like the spiral staircase is representative of a dollar sign of everyone's greed, and this is representative of that, and this is representative of that, and he meant this by this and all this other stuff. <clears throat> I really don't see how there was any time to plan any of these things that people have been reading into and saying that, this is a metaphor for that. Like, yes, those things happen sometimes, like, like on accident, and they just work. Yeah, you know. Right. But like, when you it's listen, kind of a fun to ex- the,
2: it is. But when you listen to the Tim
3: like, Lucas commentary, like everything means something. Yeah. Every single thing, and it's just like I don't understand how there was any time to do any of that <clears throat> and then like um i also found out that back then the wardrobes for everybody were set up by um the art director or the um set designer like they were in charge of wardrobes in italy in this period of time which is why a lot of um these Jalo films are so amazing because They look great and they have these great Apartments or great locations And then the people are dressed like fucking models And they just look amazing And all this other shit And so That to me Adds a lot and in fact the same Person who um, Did a lot of the art direction And set design on this movie also Did Hatchet for the Honeymoon Forum um, Which I thought was kind of neat if you haven't seen that one That one's fun too um but uh the girl who plays <clears throat> um fucking creepy candy cane on the swing uh Isabel? Isabel yeah according to her um she was told that they didn't have enough money to give anyone wardrobe and so she had to wear her own clothes so she the out, the two outfit the three outfits she wears in this movie were hers and the um, orange and pink striped dress like her friend from Paris gave her. and um, she was really excited about it and blah 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 whatever and she thought it was like the most beautiful thing. <clears throat> whatever. But then like as like Tim Lucas is talking about the movie, he's like, and now this character's wearing blue to express their victory over this person in this scene. And so I was just, like, getting really irritated. I was just like, God, not everything fucking means something. Some things are just gorgeous because they are, you know? Like, fucking give it a break. And, like, um, yeah, probably um, the women in the movie, like, the main leads, they probably had a wardrobe budget for them to make them look amazing. Except when they're looking for Jack for, like, 15 minutes, like, walking through... Tatooine going Jack Jack <laughs> I don't know why she's dressed up like a fucking Like she's wearing like a jacket And pants and You know that beige getup. Like it's like the most clothes she has On her body the whole fucking movie Drives me yep, nuts yeah. <clears throat> Anyway here's the, the question I have do you guys know If this is a house Or if this is a set Like in a Sound stage somewhere because I originally heard that this was one of the producer's houses, but when I was listening to the commentary, he made it sound like it was a soundstage. And so the whole had... time I'm watching it now, I'm trying to
2: see if there are ceilings on the rooms and stuff like that. Yeah. It had that soundstage quality. I don't know if quality is the right word, but it had that feel to it, I've, I thought. Just the way that they moved around the rooms. Yeah, like you said not really getting to see the whole scope of the room. It had that angle that felt like it was on a stage. And I mean, and I, I guess just because it, like, Baba twice. got
3: hired the day before, or whatever, doesn't mean that they weren't working on yeah. it. Because like, to me, the sets in this movie are ridiculous. Like, very extravagant yeah. for a no-budget, supposedly, movie. Right. So I just don't know how...
2: That's a good point unless they reused reused something real quickly but yeah I don't recognize it from anything I've seen oh Um, I just fucking
3: love it it is just so beautiful this is just like one of my favorite like locations and like because I like slasher movies I love movies where people are trapped in a house or something, or they're trapped somewhere and they can't get out. And it's just like right. a, a body count movie at that point. But for a body count movie, like there's like
2: hardly really any gore in this movie at all. No, it's a lot of cutaway from the, the actual acts of killing. Or you um, don't even cause... see them dead
3: until they're dead.
2: Yep. And in the freezer. Oh, so cool. So and so originally, got, I already I guess... got the makeup on.
3: I guess originally in the script, they were supposed to bury him in the basement with tombstones. Ooh. Each time somebody died, and... it's kind of more baba ish I'm thinking of yeah,
0: like Black
2: more, Sabbath.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, much more gothic. Yeah,
3: yeah, but it probably just like doesn't make any sense. Like, how would they It'd have like
2: tossed to too much that? to make a bunch of tombstones? Well, I don't know. You just hang someone in the
3: fucking <laughs> thing, I guess. Yeah. I, don't know. I just fucking love these sets dude I just really yeah. really do they're
2: amazing you um, gotta get that layout that floor plan to, uh, to an architect
3: well there are some problems in the movie like where they'll go one way and go into one room and then the next shot they're walking a different way than they should have walked when they walked out so it's yeah. like at the fucking shining you know when you try to make a floor plan for that um but i heard also that like he didn't know any of their names because like he didn't have enough time to work with them at all yeah. cuz he didn't he didn't hire him or whatever and so he might have been pissed off about that but again I, I still unless it was just a money thing and he needed the cash i just don't understand why he would take the time to edit something that he hated cuz seriously like Editing now is a pain in the ass, and it's way easier now than it was in 1969. Oh, yeah. And I'm Looking so, at every frame and then cutting them. Oh my god, dude. Him. Like, why the fuck would anyone want to do that, ever, on a movie yeah. they hated? And um, just to, like, agree with Chris, the score on this movie is so effing amazing. I love this score. It's uh, It's one of my favorites, by far.
2: Well, I think before we gush on it too much, we should warn some people that there are some screeching noises every once in a while that kind of, I don't know. Just to me, some of the spots seem kind of out of place and, and graded on my ears at the, the sound levels that the screeching got to. At some are you time. talking
3: about, like, that distorted guitar? Yeah. Okay, apparently the guy who did that part, the screechy guitar, is the guy who did it in... Um, once Upon a Time in the West or something like that. I said that wrong. No. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So that's kind of cool. Um, Interesting. There's a couple things. Let me see here. Um, you know that part where he's on the spinny bed and she's in the shower? Yes, of and course. And then she comes out of the shower? That's not a real shower. That's just, um, like, a couple walls put up with... Uh, Light in there, and that's like a super cool Bava, like, because if you notice, this movie has so many shots where the the whole story is told in a master shot, or just a single shot that comes in and out. And instead of having to like cut and relight and do all this stuff going in and out of a bathroom and all this shit, just all of a sudden, yeah. And if you think about it, yeah, there's a shower in my fucking bedroom. Like, inside my bedroom, next to my bed. Like, it sounds like a fucking crappy hotel. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right, Chinatown Hotel. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, So that's kind of neat. But, um, as far as just, like, things in the movie that I really, really like... I love the characters when they do find the... uh, the shit boy or whatever the fuck he was called. I forgot his name again. Um, and Edwidge and her dude, I can't remember what his name is in the movie. What's his name? The guy from Kidnapped or Rabbit Dogs or whatever. Anyway, they're just like looking out the window and he's like, you killed him, didn't you? And she's like, Ugh. and she's just like smoking her cigarette. They like totally don't give a shit. It's just like for her, like I think this is like one of the most different characters that she played in Shallow Films. And I love it. It's just it's such a fun character. And spoiler territory, I'm really bummed out that she went out as quickly as she did in the film. And I'm even yeah. more mad that they lit her to make her look like a fucking man with a fucking beard when she was tied to the tree. Her lighting is so fucking piss poor on that yeah. shot. It's I disgusting Should have gone
2: back to day for night with that one.
3: It just looks bad. It's just like, yeah. and that's another thing. Like um, <clears throat> the the glass, the glass mat thing with the house, the house and the boat and the jetty were all painted onto a glass mat that they would put above, um, like in front of the camera, kind of above it, and so it would be look like that the house was on the hill or whatever. In the scene where the scientist and George are running out looking for the boat. You could see the reflection of uh, Isabel, like next to the camera, waiting to run out into the frame Ooh. to like yeah, look behind the thing. So it's like you see this like weird reflection, and it, it's really jarring. Like when you're just like you're like, oh wow, look at this big. Scenic shot and then like what the fuck is that and then she's like BAM right there in the frame, you know, it's just There's just so much cool shit on this though. Um, let me see what else do I have here? I have all oh another great little behind-the-scenes story, you know, um, when Edwidge's boyfriend the Guy I was just talking about the rabid dog guy he takes Trudy like they're out in the thing and he's puts his hand on her leg and he's got the grody long pinky nail and he's like running his hand up her and he undoes her shirt. Do we all know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently the girl who played Trudy has a name with like 12 names in it and I can't pronounce any of them. And, um, she actually comes from Royal descent. She's like a princess or something. And she was one of the primary investors in the movie. And the guy, when he first, when they first shot that scene, he like undid her shirt and then put his hand in her shirt and started squeezing her tit all crazy or something. And the chick yelled cut and like went and talked to Mario Bava and had Mario Bava yell at him. And then the guy said he really didn't yell at me. It was like more of like a wink. But, um, then they had to redo the scene and it was like really stressful and tense because she was really pissed off mm. that he went to town on her boobie and he said it was one of the nicest boobs he ever felt
0: <laughs> in case anyone was sure. wondering,
3: um, let me see, did you guys notice, this was something that tripped me out, you know when the balls are going down the steps glass balls and it shows the like you could see the steps really good and it's that weird like grey paint with the white and black speckle paint to make it look like it's concrete or something like that. Did you notice that the steps had that? No. That no, was no. like that was like a really big thing in the eighties. Like like oh, the really? late eighties, like that paint look. I mean it like it was on all sorts of like um building interiors and um like if like whenever they would show like a bar or a club or something like that on a tv show and it was supposed to be really hip like that was what they had and if you go and like skateboard shops they would have stuff like that and i just thought that was like a strict 80s thing but obviously this completely predates that so that tripped me out a little bit um But yeah, so sorry about that one. Oh, this is one of the things that trips me up more than anything. So whenever you you would make these movies, and we've talked about this before, but in this one especially, I think it's nuts. They always kind of want the actors to like at least look like they're speaking English because that was usually their big market, okay? But in this movie, right. some of the actors were speaking, trying to speak English, some of them were speaking French, and some of them were speaking German. And I can't imagine for the life of me how fucking hard that would be for me to pick up my lines and, like, know my cues if I read a script going, oh, okay, he's going to say this and then I say that. And then he yeah, comes I... in going, Nine no, am so fucking rare. You know, like how <laughs> fucking impossible would that be? And on this movie, especially with just all of the characters and all of the not confusion on the plot, but it's it gets a little out there, especially halfway through. That like that is just it, it boggles my mind at And I know in Europe a lot of people pick up on other neighboring languages. But still, dude, like that just, it just, it completely boggles my mind. I have a hard enough time getting five fucking people who speak English to be able to fucking do that. You know, (laughs) follow the lines. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just, it's so, it's just like, I have such a respect for them to be able to hold the character, hold the intensity of the scene and all this stuff. And maybe not even having a fucking clue what the other person's saying professional it's just that's amazing to me sorry I'm turning paper guys um let me see got a lot of it there
0: huh not a lot so should we you you guys want to talk about the ending of the film and and, um yeah that's kind of I want to talk really quick have you guys
3: ever put fresh vegetables in a fucking freezer does anyone really do that? Does anyone store fruit and vegetables in a freezer?
2: That's, that's a bad idea. Don't do not do it, kids.
0: I, right? we, we, we put all of our just-about-to-go-bad ripened fruit in the freezer and, and use it um, for oh,
3: making sure, smoothies.
0: Yeah.
3: Do you think they like were making smoothies for bread. in this movie? Do you think they woke up and made smoothies or do you think they just squirted fucking cake icing on fish? Like, what do you guys think? Did you guys see all the baskets of fruit and stuff in the freezer with the meat and the bodies?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, I I was a butcher for a very short amount of time, and the freezer that you have to keep the meat in is so fucking cold, like, I mean, I'm sure it's different than this giant walk-in fridge at this amazing house, but um, I don't think fruit would last 45 minutes no okay sorry Chris totally up and, yeah. <laughs> just
0: like just like just like like laying out there like not packaged or anything mm-hmm. yeah.
2: yeah yeah glad we got that lesson oh, out there oh for...
3: man that scotch is fucking strong as shit <laughs> oh. holy macaroni you're
2: not supposed to chug it yet.
3: I thought it was my coffee Oops. oh wrong cup That's yeah yep Okay. <laughs> so, what did you want to talk about,
0: Chris?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we need to return to the, the plot here and the ending a little bit, like Chris was saying. This...
0: Well, yeah. I mean, um, it, the, uh, the very end scene, um, when I, I don't know the character's names. I, I, I didn't watch with enough intensity to remember everybody's Isabel name. Isabel and g- Farrell, youngest, youngest girl. Yeah. Who, um. Shows up in the in the jail cell at the end of the film, <clears throat> and um, you know it reminded me a lot of the way that they ended um, uh, Bay of Blood, where it was kind of like almost sort of uh, a joke ending, where um, you know in Bay of Blood that the two kids decide that they just want to be like mom and dad and sh- start shooting. and uh and in this one it's like you know the girl shows up i I don't i i I have to i have to be honest here i didn't actually finish watching the film this time around i got to about um an hour and 10 and uh i fell asleep on the train and I i didn't actually watch the ending so she comes in, and she's all dressed up, and she's already cashed the checks. And what was the explanation for... She cashed
3: two of the checks, but didn't cash the third, because you needed, a like, basically a PIN number in order to oh. access that account. And the PIN number oh, right. was 2233, or whatever. 2233. Double, two, two, double, <clears throat> yeah, just to make it more confusing. But, um, but, yeah. And that whole thing was kind of weird, because there's one... There's only one scene... That really tells you anything that's gonna happen and it's when it's a night shot and it's already really dark and you hear Jack and um, Trudy is that her name Trudy they're they're walking and you don't you can barely even see him but you hear him talking and Jack is talking about how he had his scientists back at some place look at the resin and um it's super fucking amazing and he's gonna make so much money on it but that motherfucker won't sell and he's like you know what I'm gonna do and she's like yeah don't talk about it stop and that's the uh-huh. only time you ever see Jack and her together conspiring right. and fucking Isabel sees him and hears him talking and then in the next scene she's like oh I'll just shoot the professor in the head with a fucking tranquilizer I'll save the day <laughs>
2: So, Except we don't know if it's a tranquilizer.
3: Yeah, we don't know. And so when she goes to visit him in jail, he's like, why did you give me more of that stuff? I ha-, and she's like, I had no idea it would make you tell the truth about stuff. When the cops started asking me questions because he apparently killed his partner to keep the formula for right. himself. So, yeah, that whole thing is just... It gets kind of weird. And in the commentary, um, Tim Lucas says apparently there was another ending. that um, But Mario Baba didn't like it. And so he went with that thing at the end with her asking him to illustrate the point that according to Baba, greed of any kind will destroy you. But then that goes against the whole thing where the studio or the producer said he couldn't do any rewrites to the script, which was why he was pissed off in the first place. So, yeah, I don't really know. That's kind
2: of an interesting point because I was definitely confused by the ending as well. And uh, I kind of came across a plot hole where Jack was talking and he basically admitted to killing everyone except for Jerry the the guy who was had the formula for this resin and so that's supposed to insinuate that he killed all the people on the island and that we knew that Isabel was the one that had quote- unquote killed Jerry but then there was that scene with uh, Jack and his wife who he who was basically a misogynist towards and uh, yeah no one confessed to that murder I don't think she yeah she he's we see him in the room while she goes outside and he's and then he goes out to check on her and she's dead so if he killed everyone on the island except for Jerry then who killed his wife and I think maybe when you're saying that there was another ending to this maybe there was some sort of a confession that they wrote over or that they didn't film or something like that I don't know well they, the only other person forgot. that they've shown with a gun is Trudy
3: Uh huh. but I don't know why she would have killed her there's absolutely no fucking reason
2: right right and yeah I guess why would he admit to her that he killed everyone when oh wait it was George he was talking to that's right and he goes yeah. and finds Trudy later but yeah George the owner of the house kind of the architect of getting all these people together and uh he's kind of got his own thing going on He's he's got his boat all hidden away and he was, was he? one of the people that was holding on to the this million dollars Something like that that they had stolen from.
3: They all had a million dollar check that they were going to yeah. give to Homeboy, and the guy who was with Edwidge gave him the check, and then his check went missing. But I don't yep. think the other two guys' checks went missing. I think yeah, um, Jack takes George's check after he shoots him. Right.
2: And yeah, he had tried to give it to Trudy, his wife, and then jack gets it from her i think something like that they do they do a -a
3: swapperoo for the microfilm dude this movie has fucking microfilm in it guys this is like a fucking (laughs) spy movie all of a sudden it's awesome
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just a very convoluted ending um i liked the twists in it i didn't i mean for a jello film i didn't think they were were that cheap maybe for a regular film they were kind of cheap but uh, I, I like the double murder between Trudy and Jack and the the sort of, I guess you could say almost ahead of its time, uh, jump scare. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. Which is, of course, a bunch so stable nowadays, but back then it was. So yeah, this is all before the confession, but we think that this is this is kind of the false ending and the there's this showdown between the two people who were conspiring and they both basically shoot each other at the same time. And then uh, Jack makes one last reach. Right. <clears throat> I, th- I thought that was. I, th- I really like that part.
3: Now she left the microfilm. She was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna fucking go back in there again." Right. She just left it there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't that's that's a that's a real fuck up there.
2: Yeah. Some some uh, holes to step in towards the end of this film, but once again, it wasn't. Baba's realm really when he was making it it was more the writing and the acting in it that, that are really the only faults in this film
3: to me like can... honestly this movie is one of those movies I've seen it a couple times um, the subtitled version and I've seen it a lot of times with the um, dub and the dub is such a better watch than the subtitles on this one. Oh, really it's just so much more fun like up and down. It's just so much more fun to me. Like, yeah, it's just, I love it.
2: It's harder for people to watch the dub than instead of the subtitles. They want to get more into the experience with the subtitles. But I admit I put on the dub pretty often with these films. Well, a lot of times I have the
3: subtitles on with the dub so I could see the differences because they're usually horribly drastic. Like they're yeah. not even saying yeah, that anywhere near the same thing sometimes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I tried not to do that, but I did it accidentally one time and I was very surprised at the difference.
3: It's all good. Um Go ahead, Chris.
0: I was gonna say in the hood. It's all good in the hood. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> um so what did you guys think of um the wardrobe in this movie? Did it jump out at you like it did to me, or am I just being a total fashion?
2: Oh, it it, it jumped out to me. I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I yeah I thought this film was very much stylistically different than ones even from the same year or just a couple years afterwards. It felt very much still steeped in the kind of the the grooviness of the '70s or the the late '60s. And the wardrobe itself, I guess I can't pinpoint any exact. Outfits. I know that Edwidge wore very little at the beginning. Oh, beginning as she normally does, but uh so yeah. great. Dude, yeah, I definitely... want to get a
3: pair of those fucking blue tinted fucking aviators that Edwidge's husband had on or boyfriend had on. you have got a long wish list. Oh dude, those are fucking kicking. I would I would fucking turn some heads in those shades, dude. Telling <laughs> you right now. <laughs> but there was a little too much corduroy in this movie for my taste. There was green corduroy. There was red corduroy. Red corduroy is just something that shouldn't happen as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's just a little too much, but all the ascots in this movie are great. I'm digging that to all hell. Um, but yeah, I just, I I, I, don't
0: want to, I don't want to give away too much, um, for our next top three, but I, I did really enjoy the um, gold, sparkly Edwidge outfit the, the, um, with the long pants and the and the bikini tops. Oh, That's my God.
3: Perfect. Isn't it? And her hair. I posted, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I posted a picture of when she first rolls over after she was like, had her head hanging yeah. upside down. Oh, my God. <laughs> that shot right there when she takes his glass. Uh, her hair is just amazing. I think I already talked about it once before. But I just, I cannot get enough of it, man. I mean, all in all, like, the way this movie was shot, it was shot this way because of budgetary concerns. But Bava fucking owns doing a movie like this. He just owns it. And it makes it look right. so fucking professional. Yeah, I just, I can't give him enough credit on that, on that end of it. And that's why I, I just, I, I will not, I can't fucking stand by the story that he absolutely hated this movie. Like, he might have hated the story, but I yeah. mean,
2: for... I think that's what it comes down to.
3: He did a miraculous job on making this movie look
2: yeah. beautiful. If you're saying he went in and painted those mats and stuff like that, then... That's that's a labor of love, and that's something that he, he wanted to stand by his work no matter what I had, kind of crap he had to deal with, basically.
3: <laughs> he actually painted the house and then left, like, the windows and stuff, and then there was a little box that they, like, I guess glued to the back of the glass that had a light in it and little miniature furniture to make it look like there was furniture inside of it. Huh. Like, that's fucking hardcore, dude. That's, like, yeah. not... Just playing around shit right there. Exactly. But there was a lot of stuff like they did in Bay of Blood on this, like where they have people walking around with uh, tree branches to make it look more green. And during the chase sequence with Edwidge running from the boat, she's just running in a circle and the camera's spinning in a circle. You know, they did that Mm -hmm. in Bay of Blood too. And it looks great, you can't tell, you know? I mean you kinda can tell, but you can't tell. And it's just like it's that kind of shit that makes bava a master of his craft you know to be able to take like there are a few people and like um before the show started we were talking a little bit about kashi he's the same way like he at least he used to be he wouldn't turn down work at all like whether it was a huge budget or a little budget he was just glad to be working so he would make whatever he could out of whatever he could and bava i think really was the same way um and i just i just really appreciate that in filmmakers a lot uh but what i did want to talk to you guys about and see what your thoughts were on it um there are a lot of correlations between this and bay of blood as far as um and blood and black lace i'm kind of hatched for the honeymoon too um uh, but just like his whole look on greed and money and success and all this stuff. It is kind of a, uh, not necessarily a strange thing, but it's something to talk about where, what do you think about people who have such a hard stance? On greed and money and all this other shit but they're in a field where they need those people to give them money in order to do their art you know it's like it's not necessarily hypocritical and I know that he made a really big budget movie before this and then didn't like it and then went back to making smaller budget movies but at the same time these movies still cost a shit ton of money compared to what a low budget movie costs today I guess is what I'm comparing it to. But how do you guys, what do you guys think about that?
2: So are you saying that people are, are looking at themes of greed in these films and saying that Baba is hypocritical?
3: No, I'm not saying people are saying that I'm kind of thinking that. And
2: so I'm wondering what you guys think about that. I'll let, uh, I'll let Chris tackle this one.
1: <laughs>
2: I'll let
3: Chris tackle the question that Creep did a really shit job of asking.
0: <laughs> so, are we are we talking about irony? Is that is that what we're? I don't know if here? it's
3: necessarily irony or it's just like I guess what I have a problem with is because um, like one of the things like about Blood and Black Lace and um, Five Dolls is I love the lavishness of it. And like those are the things that draw me to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so. And you can tell that it's not like a super expensive movie, but the parts that look lavish are really well done and they look amazing. But he supposedly hated and loathed that whole type of person and type of community. But all of his movies centered around. Wealth, greed, killing for money Oh, okay And all this other stuff Yeah, the villains as the lavish Yeah, but at the same time In order for him to make a film He needs to get money From these lavish, rich people Who have money to dump into fucking films Right So it's kind of like Biting the hand that feeds you, I guess But I just I don't know I don't even know what the fuck question I'm asking other than what do you guys think. Do you think that's how it is, or am I am I now reading way more into it than I should?
0: Yes, both of those. Both
3: of
1: them.
2: <laughs> well, to get that's topical, it is. To ahead, get topical again, uh, uh, Gary Oldman was just recently in the news sort of getting after people for being hypocritical because they were... You know, vilifying Mel Gibson and Alec Baldwin for using slurs and and things like that against uh, the people that you know, like paparazzi and stuff like that. And he said, "What, what? One of us hasn't you know thought a word like that when someone's you know getting under our skin or something like that. That we shouldn't be vilifying these people. So it's kind of interesting you mentioned that because he's saying that uh, people are getting after Mel Gibson for biting the hand that fed him you know by going after Jesus Jews and,
3: oh and, yeah
2: yeah <laughs> <And> basically <laughs> the fact that uh, Jews run Hollywood in some people's estimations and uh, yeah he's really saying that no that's that's not what it is he's just you know in the heat of a moment he uh, issued a slur that he probably wishes he could take back but he can't but which one of us hasn't been in that situation so we shouldn't be making villains of, of these people and uh, basically, in a very roundabout fashion, I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's not something to, you know, get after Baba for. I don't think. Um,
3: it's not I as think... much of a getting after him. It's just like, it seems it seems hypocritical. Like it's and yeah. like, uh,
2: I don't know. Well, I mean, but maybe there's it, there's a difference it, between it, the.
0: It, oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, go, I was gonna, go I, ahead.
0: I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, in, in all of these films, um, the greedy people end up, you know, getting their kind of just desserts. You know, the in in Bay of Blood, the the two um, people get shot by their own kids, and in this film, the greedy doctor is lays in jail, and the the girl escapes with all the, fil- the all the money and. But you know it, she's it about to drive off into the sunset and
3: spend all that money in like a year and then be a broke ass again.
0: They, they don't right,
3: paint her she she in a good gonna...
0: light, you know? Yeah, this is true. She said she was going to spend it all. So yeah, Once you have spent. a yacht and a villa and two Rolls Royces, <laughs> which you can't buy for a million dollars anymore, so...
2: Oh, hell no. That's That's the funny part. Yeah, it's it's a good discussion. And she looked like a superhero when they opened that door.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. She had the cape on.
3: <sighs> like, yeah. wow. Save me.
0: <laughs>
3: no, yeah, but that, that, that was that... really my, my big, like... I don't know. Just, like, deep thought about this. Because I know the easy thing would have been to... Baba hates girls. Yeah, you know that's. Go ahead, Chris. You want to talk about Baba hating girls?
0: No, no, I I was saying right. Yeah, he. That would be much easier uh, topic for us to discuss, than this thing, which I don't know that we've ever actually explained it well enough yet. That (laughs) will.
2: I think he likes girls doesn't okay. he 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 kind of puts them in the power role often He kind of breaks Relationship conventions You know the, the spouses Are less about being lovers And, and more about being kind of Business partners And uh that, Which you can see in this one when the the One couple are sort of almost swingers The way that they allow Each other to sleep with other people He's like you, least, need to, he, you need
3: to fuck people with money Honey Yeah Like, that's what he was saying.
2: Which could be another, yeah, it could be another jab at at the rich. And I think basically what it comes down to is maybe, you know, Bava did it a little sneakily, uh, going after the rich. But like you said, a lot of this stuff was kind of done on on smaller budgets. I don't know if obviously he needed the money to make the films, but at the same time, he didn't want to do it unless he could kind of do it his own way. And uh, this was the one film that it seemed like he couldn't do everything he wanted to his way. <clears throat> and so that's why he kind of put in more jabs towards him. Maybe. I just wonder like how much,
3: like, I don't want to say how much Dick he had to suck, but like how much ass he had to kiss, I guess to <laughs> get the money to make the movies that he wanted to make. Let's say, cause yeah. like I, I don't mean to keep bringing it to me, But, like, one of the reasons why I'm writing way more books now than making movies is because I'm fucking tired of having to fucking, like, whore myself out to fucking asshole producers. You know? I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus or anything like that, but, like, there are some people who are just, like, scum of the fucking earth, and they think because they're giving you money to make a movie... That they could treat you like the biggest piece of shit on the planet. And it's Mm -hmm. fucking crap. And then they take your fucking art and turn it into shit anyway. You know? So it's like... like, That whole thing sucks. So I I get it. But like... I don't know. I don't... I guess I just don't vilify the people that I'm getting
0: money from enough in my films. Maybe I (laughs) that. I I wonder if, you you know if you think about bava in 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 the context of that you know he he was a master at his craft and he you know he he couldn't just phone it in no matter what he did like okay you know the, the rumor is or the story is that he wasn't getting paid enough and he really didn't like the production but he was he was still committed to uh making this film so That's probably why, you know, maybe there wasn't enough budget for an editor. So maybe he did it himself. You know, he took on the role of editor and director because they weren't going to pay two different people to do that. But to me, if he
3: hated the movie so much and he thought it was going to hurt his career, he would have let it die. If he really didn't want anyone to see it, then just don't fucking edit it. Unless he was like, maybe they had this editor who was like the shittiest editor in Italy. And he's like, oh my God, like he'll make me look worse Mm -hmm. than what this movie's already gonna make me look like maybe I'll just do it but it just—it seems like there's just so much like love put into this the transitions especially the transitions like mask one another you know like they go from one thing to the next and it's like I don't know just
2: uh yeah he he works like he doesn't need the money and Edwidge dances like nobody's watching (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh my gosh! But she should know. She should know, man. She should know. Do you guys? Do you guys have you, any trivia on any of these motherfuckers? The other, actors themselves. Other than Ed, which is kind of totally fucking hot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That's
3: it's not trivia. The,
2: <laughs> you kind of brought up the stuff Nothing about trivia Nothing trivial Barbara about Von
3: it. Yeah, and Trudy, the what's the her name? Um, Justine Gall. Uh, the girl who played uh, Isabel, she's is royalty
2: as well. Okay. It's kind so of weird. The, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The. Not yeah, not too much. I know the cinematographer had worked with Bava quite often, so maybe that's why a lot of it is. It's pretty similar. But other than that, no, not too many notable people in the cast and crew that I. Well, could that find. was
3: another thing too, because the chick who did the set design and art direction was his go-to person as well. So that was one of the things, like how could he possibly have got all of that shit that we saw in that movie in a day and a half or a day from his set designer. Right. That makes that timeline look a bit fishy. Right. I
2: guess we just come away with this with more questions and answers. Oh Just man, like Piper.
3: This is like a fucking bad
2: episode of The X-Files right now. We're confused. <laughs> uh, but I'm not confused in that I really enjoyed this movie. So Totally. In case you couldn't tell. I didn't mean to bring a downer on it. God, I feel like I
3: totally... Oh, like, I do you did. ...got all fucking serious in here, and I should have been talking about Spread and all that other shit Eric was <laughs> talking about earlier. I
2: did, did kind of get into, like exploring the erections in the shining territory but not too bad
3: you mean Where are there erections in the shining?
2: oh sorry did I come on I don't know somebody did I come on my buddy of mine made me watch some horrible document <laughs> room really called two, room Three. two That's so
3: fucking crazy <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, you do uh, not
3: like
0: that, Eric? I, I like it. I thought that was a cool movie.
3: If you there's um, a bunch of little documentaries that are like twenty minutes to a half hour long on YouTube that were out before that movie came out that I think are yeah. really a lot better at selling what they were trying to sell in that film. Yeah,
2: yeah. If anything, I think Kubrick would be better at hiding things in his films than Baba, maybe. But yeah, I just I don't like getting into hyper-analysis like they did in that one when they were showing the, the the guy in his office and the way that the pencil was positioned to look like his erection. That, I just shut it off after that.
3: Yeah, so you don't like it when um, Jack is laying on the ground in the freezer and someone put a carrot coming out of his crotch to make it look like his carrot was a penis to show <laughs> that Bob didn't care about this film to the producers?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't put enough there wasn't enough ranch on that carrot. Is that what you're trying to say? Right, yeah. There, there, were, <laughs> there weren't enough phallic objects in Five Bells for an August Moon for me to understand what Baba was trying to say.
3: I don't know, dude. Did you see that guy in his little Speedos? I did. There was all sorts it. of bulgy on that, dude. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Oh, and let's talk I'll about that fucking nightgown. Frame. That fucking see-through pleated nightgown his girlfriend was wearing when she was dancing around. Fucking hell, it. dude! Whew. That is some tasty fucking stuff. That's a nice-looking nightgown. I would wear that nightgown.
2: You are wearing it.
3: I can see it. Getting... Yeah, this is a Skype video call, motherfuckers. I'm dressed. Like you <laughs> ranch dressing all over it. Yes, ranch dressing. That's exactly what that is. Okay. Tastes just like it. okay come on
1: guys
3: (laughs) let's bring it back let's bring it back calm down okay um so anyway so yeah so um i don't really have much more trivia on it than that i don't think unless you guys have something that i'm missing
2: other than the 80s style stairway oh yeah fucking love that staircase dude um, but
3: just so you guys know, this movie totally bombed in most markets, um, except for Turkey. Um, this is one of the first places that it kind of soared at, and it was because Edwidge was becoming quite the popular person over there, and she got the nickname, The Woman with the Spirit of a Snake. So when movies with her would come out in Turkey, like Five Dolls for an August Moon, they would change the title to something like Revenge of the Woman with the Spirit of a Snake. That's what this movie was released as in Turkey. Wow, silly Turks. Yeah, and just so you guys know, the guy, Jack, he does not know how to make a martini. He shook that motherfucker way too long. That bruised the <laughs> crap out of that drink. He did it wrong. Just so you guys know.
2: Damn it, I've been making mine like his yep. ever since I watched this. I figured.
3: That's why I wanted to tell you guys.
2: All right. I was really
3: worried about that. Thanks for looking out for me. <sighs> I try, you know. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm here for, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I have.
0: That's all she wrote.
3: Yep. So with that being said, um, Eric, since um, the listeners didn't know because I did a piss poor job of telling everybody, um, when we started this show, um, Cat and Ninetales jumped like a cat on a hot tin roof up and got tied with uh, Your Vice is a Locked Room and only Chris seems to have the key. So do you want (laughs) to check and see which one is the wiener hopefully someone apparently.
2: yeah people couldn't feel the spirit of the snake reaching out to them so we didn't yeah nothing happened at the time that we recorded this unfortunately still tied at 8 on uh, both of these films so what do you think we need to do here we need to do some sort of tiebreaker I mean I could always just switch my vote It's just so easy for you, is it,
0: Eric? I could switch mine. I really like the Cat of Ninetales.
3: I like to play God. Do we want to do three straight episodes full of
2: Fennec? Or do we want to break it up a little bit? I think if we're going to do the top three Fennec outfits next week, we should do a film that doesn't have her in it. So uh, Now you're be talking crazy talk. I'm just you know hear me <laughs> out that would be our Fennec fix for the, the for the week for the two weeks and then we'd get another one with a film of All hers right.
0: we wouldn't overdo it
3: in one week
2: see I'm I'm doing this logically
3: oh gosh I want to overdo it every week okay so <laughs> what is the All decision right.
0: are, are I we vote. I just voted for I what
2: just voted cat, cat let me, me yeah let me refresh the page I'll see if anyone else has changed the vote here Uh, And it looks like Cat of Ninetales has, wow, taken the lead. That was quick. Interesting. (laughs) Coincidental. So we're doing Cat of Ninetales, huh? It was down at the bottom up until tonight, and now it's number one. That's crazy.
0: That is crazy. Well, and the interesting thing is, for me, I was going to have to do some work, Um because if your vice was uh, the pick, I don't have that one on JALO score, and I, I can't talk about a JALO on this podcast without having a oh, the website. Oh, how, yeah. how did
3: Five Dolls do on the score?
0: Five Dolls did not get a very um, high score, and it was primarily because of i don't know i'm looking it up <laughs>
3: probably because there was no <laughs> gloves and there was no actual killing beans. there was no
0: gloves that's true uh five dolls got a 58
2: even with the spiral staircase yeah it was clearly a spiral this time
3: that, yeah that, that is a very rounded fucking staircase ladies and gentlemen I swear to God, I want a fucking door that has fucking little squares in it that I can see through. I want a spinny bed. I want a shower in my bedroom, like some cheap Chinatown hotel. (laughs) That that fucking place is just exquisite. And I want that crappy reel-to-reel player so I can record when the fucking semen come over. When all the bodies are hidden.
2: That weird radio station that everyone listened to. Yeah, that had the same song playing on it.
3: Oh, dude. Uh Seriously, this show is going to be good just so everyone can hear the score for this movie. It'll just be playing (laughs) underneath. No one's going to give a shit about what we're saying. Um, Okay, so Cat of Ninetales is going to be our next show, but I really would like to not just do Cat of Ninetales, but kind of, I want to also talk about the animal trilogy as a whole. If that's
2: something yeah, I suppose we've, this will be we'll have covered all three then yeah this one won't we okay yeah yeah let's sure let's rock
3: and roll I'm really excited about it I'm, I'm really interested to hear what Eric has to say about it honestly like I think do it's what? gonna be because it's to me this is a very cat of nine Tails is a very different film than a lot of the ones we've been doing lately
2: Alright, if you if you want me to come out of my snail
3: shell, I, I will. I want the fucking Piper to come out of the pit. Alright. I want you to Need fucking to... put a coconut on fucking Chris Snooka's
2: head.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dump Frankie Creeper percent <laughs> off of my set. Hell yeah.
3: Alright. Um, is there anything else? Am I missing something here? No, I think... Uh covered it at all all right well that is lovely okay well thank <laughs> you everyone for hanging out with us and i will uh we will leave you here with the trailer of cat of nine tails and until next time everyone ciao. chow ciao. chow ciao, ciao.
0: the masters of tension who gave you the bird with the crystal plumage the picture that outpsychoed Psycho have now made a film nine times more suspenseful. cat nine tales. nine tails It's 9 times more suspenseful than the bird with the crystal plumage
1: Ciao ciao